Welcome, guys, to a very special two-year anniversary podcast. The most special. Protein Bros is turned two. They are officially toddlers. Is we're that toddlers. Right? Yep. We're, we're waddling around, you know. You've got three of them. You understand. Yep. Three two, kids. Two, two years old. Sully's about to turn two. Okay. So two years old. We've got 70 plus episodes, 100 reviews, probably probably 100. Yeah. How many probably. reviews do you think, Thatch? Damn, 130, 140 reviews. What's what's what have you learned uh, since reviewing so many protein snacks? Because I know what I've learned. <laughs> Man, uh, this is pretty straightforward. Protein bars, and this is actually, I would say, let's sum up business in general. And it's not just the fitness industry, but there are very few people that are trying to be great and really trying to solve problems. And there's a ton of people out there that are in business that are just crowding it and making it super noisy and hard to navigate because they're just trying to make money and they're not trying to be the best. 100%. And so every bar that I eat that is this generic, subpar, chewy, crappy, and it was like someone said, like, we need to capitalize on the trend of vegan or someone's like, we need to capitalize on the trend of almond almond milk in our stuff or, you know, it's got to be grass-fed. And like no one really stands for any of those things, but they stand for putting it on the brand, on the package to hope that people buy it. Yeah. And um, that's what I've noticed is that like it takes very little effort to come out with something that was probably white labeled to some capacity. And there just hasn't been a lot of like groundbreaking tastes out there that were like, wow, I could put this in my everyday diet or well, I could even put this in my like travel diet. And it's and it's great. I'm psyched about it. Even the stuff that is kind of groundbreaking where it's like a, uh, you know, a, a brownie or, you know, something that is outside the normal protein type treat. Most of those also equally suck. So even though they're trying to do something outside of a protein bar, they're they're a lot of times they are terrible. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, it's hard to differentiate yourself, to be fair, if we're trying to make our own bars, which, hey, maybe one day. Right. But I the think protein bros, protein bar. One I day. like it. But I'll tell you right now, it's going to be delicious to give some credit where credit is due. I think legendary foods, protein pop tarts that they came out with over the last couple of years, I think are probably the best execution on a new idea that I've seen in the last couple of years. Pretty good. They, uh, they do tasty. They're pretty tasty. They're pretty consistent and their flavors all do actually taste different. Um, I think the other pioneers that we need to talk about would be, um, who's on my Mount Rushmore of protein bar pioneers? I know you're going to say your Quest chips that you like. No, not at all. Um, they weren't the first. They just did a really good job on them. But I would say that the one bar was the best tasting, high fiber, like good macroed protein bar of its kind. Like Quest bars, if you didn't get the chocolate chip cookie dough, it was basically a waste of time. I mean, like. Every other flavor was like pretty, ugh. When the, and we're talking like before chocolate chip cookie dough, there was not a single one. There was apple pie. There was peanut butter. Yeah, I but mean, we had them all. And they all tasted like bricks of crap. You can't underestimate, though, how much Quest Bar changed the entire market of bars, though. They did. They were the first one to come out that was like, you know, what was it, six grams of, of carbohydrates, net carbs. Yeah, it was Three to six. Three to six. Yeah, they had, I mean, they were the first ones to do like 15 plus grams of fiber. Mm -hmm. And somehow you didn't run to the bathroom after eating it, Mm -hmm. which is just wild. Because Mm -hmm. like, 
if you get eight grams of fiber from Metamucil, right? Or from, uh, help me out, what's the P word I'm looking it's supposed for? to keep you regular, no. S- s- um, what's it called? F- what's the powder? Psyllium husk? Psyllium husk, thank you. It starts with P. Psyllium Which husk is Metamucil. Right, same concept. I'm saying like if we were to get down to the you know, the ingredient, it's like that stuff makes you run to the bathroom. And it's grainy and crappy and tastes terrible. And so this like weird fiber that was like on the fringe of, is it really fiber? Is the, is like the FDA cool with calling that fiber? You know, mm. is that still in the air? Cause I mean, the quest bar has seen some changes. The FDA doesn't care. The yeah. FDA is like, yeah, sure. They, pre- yeah, we'll call it fiber. Whatever. Yeah. How about them not putting the calories on bars? That's a fun one. That's a topic we don't discuss. Uh, I mean, they did put the calories on bars. They They're just, just not, not accurate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, well, they they fixed it, I believe. Did they? Mm-hmm. I believe that they they had some kind of issue where they either had to let's put, fact check that thatch. I don't know if they fixed it because I feel like I pick up a Quest bar right now. It's wrong. Yeah, what they were what, doing what is were, they yeah, were, well, because ahead. the net net carbs were not factored into the calories. Yeah, they were subtracting the grams of fiber as counting from calories. Yeah, and so just for clear to clarity, everybody calories uh on a gram of fiber which is also just a gram of carbohydrates in this case on the label it'll be under the carbohydrate total they would subtract the four calories per gram the carbohydrate um quantifies when it comes to you totaling up your calories so anywho bars have come a long way but unfortunately, most bars have not tried to come a long way. They've just tried to exist and matter in such a small way. Like, I just, I can't believe somebody put in a lot of investment into a protein bar, many of which that we've tried that have just been such a sad execution on what could have been great. Yeah, but I have a lot of people ask me now, they're like, oh, you know, you have, you've tried every protein bar there is, which, you know, they ask me for advice on what protein bar they should buy. And I'm like, just don't buy like 95% of them. Because most of them suck ass. And yeah. then the ones that two buy, you know, I'll give them like three or four to buy. And um, I said, don't veer out of the side of those because you're not going to be happy. Very true. And I'll tell you um, something that's on the opposite end of the spectrum to this. Powder, protein powder has come leaps and bounds. Yeah. And so it's funny how the bars have not really come a long way in the last 20 years. But man, protein powders... We haven't had a ton of powders that we've sampled that we've tried out and t- taste tested that we really just didn't enjoy. Most of them have all had like at least a passable, like there's been bars that were like, I can't finish this bite. You know what I'm interested in? But I haven't in? spit out a single drink. They've well, all been pretty good. When I was in college, uh, I used to go buy six star protein all the time because, you know. For our like, listeners, what is six star? Six star protein is is the shittiest version of muscle tech. It's like they're-, they're Made by muscle tech. It's like what's sold in Walmart and it's garbage and it was always- you know, amino acid spiked. It's always has a bunch of fillers in it, but it was really cheap and I didn't understand protein at that time. So I was like, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. And it was so terrible. Oh, so t- I can still taste it when you mixed it with water. It was, it was disgusting. And, um, and to be fair, this is even fun. We are going to get really into the weeds here. This but is it's like 2008 guys. This is like before 2007, even earlier than that. Yeah. This is pre blender bottle. Yeah. This is pre people of our. This is a a freaking glass with a spoon. This is glass with a spoon. Kids don't know about glass with a spoon. No one knows that when we grew up to try a protein shake just to make it like 10 times worse because I did the exact same thing as you. I got mine from Walmart. It was EAS. 
and it was might as well have been the same probably powder. It had the little balls. And when you you, you try to stir it, it up, it never mixed. It just clumped, yeah, right? Never. Mixed. And when you and to be fair to the protein powder, we were stirring it. Yeah. We weren't even shaking it. Yeah. And we didn't know that you could shake it. Heaven like that forbid wasn't even a thing. you actually go take the time to go get a blender and actually blend it up. Well, if I were to take the time to blend it why not just cook my chicken or cook the eggs at this point? Cause like now I'm pulling out appliances. Yeah. That was my thought process as a young lad. I mean, so uh, yeah, I, I was protein powder uh, is just for nowadays where you can just put it in any kind of cup and throw your hand over the top of it and shake it up and it mixes up like pretty well. This is, it's come a long way, man. It has, this is a side uh, question, but did you have a George Foreman in uh, college? I did. Why did everybody have George Foreman's in college? I swear to God. It it's was like, like did we not understand passage. that you can literally just put a pan on the stove and cook chicken the same way? Yeah, but it Are we the top idiots? and the bottom and the fat just <laughs> just rolled right off. It was the we, fat burning we machine. All, we all got sucked into the to the marketing of George Foreman. They and not only did they do a great job. They were a pain a in the kid, ass to clean. Every kid pain had in the one. Ass. Total pain in the ass. They gave you like a little thing that you'd lose in two seconds. That yeah, like went between the little lines. But do you remember how they all had a different color on the top for the bun warmers? <laughs> I don't remember. I never like, warmed a bun. I so, only cooked chicken on so it. So there was like a clear plastic thing that was on top of the lid that you can like lift up. And basically it's like putting your hand on top of a fucking appliance. Of course it's going to be warm. Yeah. Right? And they like put a plastic clear like visor over the top of the lid that were different colors. And you could put a bun in there to warm your, like who ate a bun in the first place? Like no. I can't think of a more of a grocery item that doesn't go bought. No. All right. Can you Google image? George Foreman bun warmers. Cause I'm going to show you, they looked like they were like Mac computers, but this is, <laughs> this is really the time in which I was buying six star protein. I was buying, I was eating six star protein and, uh, George Foreman cooked uh, chicken breast because I thought at the time that this is the only way you can cook a chicken breast obviously is with a George Foreman grill. Um, and then I married my wife and she's like, what are you doing? Are yeah. you an idiot? And I'm like, well, what? She's like, you can use a pan to do that. And I'm like, Oh, Okay. I mean, so. dude, George Foreman did help. I mean, a guy not have to worry about. Look at all that. Look at those bun warmers, dude. If I remember. Look at those bun warmers, if Kyle. I, if I remember. Red, blue, black. I mean, I got the blue. Dude. I like my buns I didn't realize. blue visor. <laughs> I didn't realize you were rich in college. Like, uh, my yeah, George dude. Foreman did not look like that. It was just a white. <laughs> it was just white. I'm going to be honest with you. I got, like, the big guy that was, like, a navy blue, and it was, like, probably could hold, cook nine burgers at once. Like I got like a daddy sized one. I didn't have one of those little baby dorm ones. I think I I think my my parents might have got me the George Foreman as a Christmas present. Oh, well, I mean, you know what? Appliances day. come and go like supplements where it's like they become popular again, but they've been existing the entire time. The mini waffle makers that are just going bananas. People are buying these like mini waffle makers now. I know nothing of these. Yeah, dude. They're they're very popular. And so like there's like quesadilla makers, there's like sandwich makers and it's all just like Same thing. What are we doing here? You can make a quesadilla in a pan. You like, know, our, there's no point in having our a quesadilla maker. <laughs> there was a guy, exactly. There was a guy who um who when I was in college, he had a little little sandwich thing that he got probably from Goodwill or from his family, but it was called the Snackster. And it was just a sandwich maker. It was just a panini and, press, but not even like it had like, you know, like the triangle shape like Oh yeah. Like what do we do? Like, I just didn't I mean, understand I it. I would like that for my kids. There it is. Is that a snackster? Yeah. Gotta have it. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, what is the point? Um, my gosh, his name rhymed with Smee. <laughs> that had a snackster. Anyways. Um, here's a good question for you, Kyle. 
we've been doing this for two years. Let's talk about what even drove us to start this podcast. And it was your idea, so let's talk about it. It was my idea. Um, You're the genius behind the Protein Bros podcast. I don't know if I'm a genius. Yeah, I am a genius, actually. Um, no, I mean, dude, y- you and me always tell our staff that, you know, the the thing that we missed most about um, not working the counters, which we did work the counters at supplement superstores for, you know, well over a decade, a decade. Um, the thing that we missed about it the most was specifically not being able to talk to customers anymore. And, um, you know, we thought, I-, I thought back then, I was like, you know, what is a way that we could still talk to people that, you know, are friends of ours, friends of, of the Kansas City fitness community, and also help to give back to the Kansas City fitness community by promoting their gyms, by promoting their events, um, but by, by promoting them as trainers. And I was like, you know, what would be the best way is a podcast. And I've listened to podcasts for a long time. I was probably an early adopter on podcasts. And so, um, yeah, I thought it'd be a good idea. You know what? Um, a stat that I heard that I thought was really interesting, and that is, 99% of podcasts fail or they just quit doing them um, within 10 episodes. Yeah, it is a time commitment and it is a commitment to, um, you know, for us, it's like we're working on, you know, our main business all the time. And so there's definitely points where it's like, man, I, it, it sucks trying to take time out of your day to, to focus on something else you know, mm-hmm. but if you keep your, you know, our mission in mind, which is basically to help promote Kansas city fitness, to help, um, promote people who are in the fitness community doing, you know, amazing things. You know, if we just always are kind of reminding ourselves that that's like the North star of why we're doing this, then it's not so bad. Yeah, man. And that's something that I would actually say is quite enjoyable. I would say that this podcast is something that I've taken a great deal of pride and enjoyment in since we've started. And, um, to your point about, um, connecting with the community. Um, it's, I think it's become, you know, we first started thinking guys that this was going to be something that there are so many people that are trying to make a living in the fitness industry. And we've recognized over the last, you know, decade plus, I mean, I'm on year 16 Kyle's, I think on like 15 when it comes to being in the fitness industry. Um, it's just so gray beard, not a lot of lasting power, not a lot of lasting power in the industry. Um, the, the industry evolves and you have to change with it. And um, we've had some incredible guests that have really stood the test of time. I mean, we just had Micah here from Hitchfit, and he's a great example of somebody that got his start on effing MySpace. Very cool. I he, mean, like how He was cool. talking about, you know, being buddies with Greg Plitt. And I'm like, you gotta he, be kidding me. he yeah. was the first like influencer. Uh, influencer, like fitness influencer that wasn't already famous from something else. Correct. He and, was just famous from like internet posting basically. Right. And, and, and like, we've just had some incredible guests on here who've gone through unbelievable amounts of turmoil, (laughs) unbelievable amounts of resourcefulness, grit from their part to be able to become successful when it comes to fitness. And, um, you know, I'm super proud of just how much we've been able to give back on that because we've got some like really, 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 um, invaluable information as far as what it, what it takes, if you will. Um, to make it into a full-time job. And there's a ton of people that can tell you how to make it a hobby. There's a ton of people that can tell you how to make it into a, uh, you know, something that they do on the side. But like, there's very few that can say like, yeah, man, this is the only thing I focus on. And it actually provides for me and a family. Mm-hmm. And um, even though we started off with that, I've liked that we've now brought in more people who have been able to accomplish things at a high level through fitness, right? We've had some CrossFit Games competitors. We've had some IBB pros, uh, bodybuilders. 
um, just a, a handful of different kinds of athletes. Uh, we've had professional athletes on here. I mean, we had Tommy Townsend, well, I kinda, for the Chiefs on here. I'm just saying we've had a lot of people that are high achievers within fitness um, or within athletics and and not just people who are making a good amount of money doing it, right? Well, I think those people contribute to the local fitness community just as much as a gym owner would. You know, they're all adding to, they're all bringing eyeballs into the fitness community. And, you know, if the goal of the fitness community is to bring as many people into it as possible and get as many people healthy and living a better lifestyle and, and happier um, lifestyle, I think that when you have people that are CrossFit Games athletes like Carrie or, you know, pro athletes like Tommy or, you know, all of those people are inspiring, you know, people in different ways to want to join the fitness community. So I think it all kind of works hand in hand, whether it's a gym owner or whether it's a high level athlete, you know, I think they're all basically serving a purpose in the in the fitness community. And so I, th- I think it's good that we highlight basically everybody that's kind of contributing to that. Do you see our? Do you see us at all expanding outside of this market and, and just starting to highlight more of the Midwest because we have relationships I was thinking everywhere? Like you know the uh, the elections coming up soon, and I'm really thinking that we would probably land Trump on here and get Trump and Biden in some kind of debate on the Protein Bros and and then maybe even like get them to do like a protein bar off, you know, where we like have them test protein bars for us and maybe do a review. What do you think? I mean, dude, I think they would have to be something that would be very low chew. We would definitely you know, need some fiber for those old old fellers. I feel like it'd probably be tough on their teeth or their or their <laughs> or their dentures. And so, you like, think, I think one of them has dentures. I think it's possible that they have completely fake smiles. Yeah, I mean, um, but I think like Joe Biden's <laughs> smile is getting scary. It's I'll, actually Halloween's coming up, and he, when he goes, you know, yeah, like he's got the one side that works, you know. <laughs> But bottom line, I think the shake is going to have to be the move when we let them try protein shakes. It's yeah. going to have to be that because like a bar, I think, is going to be too tough on the on the yeah. mouth and the jaws. We could get some fiber. We were talking about Metamucil <laughs> earlier, and I feel like they probably both take Metamucil. Maybe Trump doesn't, dude. I think that boy can throw down whatever into his gullet as he wants. Still eating McDonald's. Isn't he like 80 years old just hammering McDonald's? Good for him. Good for I mean, good for him and good for him, you know? But let me swing this podcast back to reality. All right. Sorry. Dude, I actually, you know, I love the idea of expanding to, um, you know, markets that are close to here, markets that we already have stores in. Um, you know, obviously we have a ton of friends that are from St. Louis. We've already had some people from St. Louis and mm-hmm. I think that we'll continue. I mean, Springfield, we have, I mean, we got relationships I, everywhere. I man. love, I love the idea of, you know, um, you know, continuing to highlight people that are, that are contributing to the fitness community in the Midwest. I still think Kansas city will always be our bread and butter because the people of Kansas city, you know, that's where we call home. Agreed, man. Um, I think we actually can build the best connections there, but um, man, we've met some really awesome people that happen to just live in different communities. And then we've had, you know, Brian King came up from Springfield, right? We've had a handful of people come on from St. Louis right off the top of your head. What is your on your Mount Rushmore of favorite protein bars that you've tried here on the podcast? What uh, comes to mind? Man, um, I guess I like level one chocolate uh, chip cookie dough bars. Those are probably my favorite. I eat one of those like almost every day. Um, but the ones we've tried on the podcast that I thought were good. I also thought those chips that were like the chicken and waffle chips were really good. Oh yeah. Who made those Hilo or something? Hilo. Those were good. Hilo wild chips with the and w- W-Y-L-D. Also Anabars. So those, yeah. those are probably my three favorite. 
Um, well, let me go with four. I will say this though: for last people I are checked, watching, Mount Rushmore and, and had four. People ask me oh, about no. that. I drink protein shakes. I don't drink. I don't eat a ton of protein bars. I I drink a lot of protein shakes. I drink you know three protein shakes a day. That's kind of my that's my go to. Kyle's not lying so about good. him drinking protein shakes three times a day, at least two. I know he does a morning and a night one with a packet of Quick Oats, but he does also eat a bar every day in a patented way. Kyle has a very specific way that he eats his protein bars, and it should be noted. Um, he's the only one that eats them like this. Listen up, children. Uh, let me tell you how to eat a protein bar. Here's the little secret about protein bars: is the middle of protein bars is always the least appetizing. It's where all the proteins. It's where all the proteins at. Um, the best part of a protein bar is the chocolate that is smothered around that crappy middle part. So, if you want yourself a little treat, you got to nibble around and get all that chocolate off of the nougat that is in the middle. Um, that is the last part you eat is the nougat in the middle. So you, you strip it down of all its delicious chocolate and then you eat the nougat in the middle. Very and if we're last. talking level one bar chocolate chip cookie dough, there's some delicious crispies along the way. Well, the reason and I, go, I am a huge fan of a little bit of crunch, if you will, the reason I go sweets. chocolate chip cookie dough bar is because the middle nougat that usually sucks actually tastes like chocolate chip cookie dough in that one. And it is the most appetizing out of all protein bars that I've ever tried. It's great. Yeah, there's a fourth on a rush Mount Rushmore though, Kyle. So I'll I'll give four. You can just leave it at three if you want. But I was just giving a top three. I didn't I didn't know you were holding me to the Mount Rushmore uh, thing. I mean, I can give you one more. Oh, if I guess I wanted a top three, I probably just you know asked for a top three. Uh, well, I don't know. I asked for a Mount Rushmore. Who's your favorite Kyle? president on Mount Rushmore? Because that's a that's a pretty interesting question right there. You go and you know Thomas Jefferson, easy. Why? What do you mean why, dude? He's one of our founding fathers. <laughs> yeah, but why? Why well, is he your favorite? He had a house in Missouri. <laughs> he had a house in he has Missouri. A, he has a whole city named after him here. Like, what more do you need, dude? I'm from Missouri. I've only lived in Missouri my whole entire life. Is this true, though, Thatch? Is Thomas Jefferson? I'm pretty sure there was nobody living in Missouri at the time. Not at the time, dude. He had a house. in Dude, there is a reason why our capital of our state is Jefferson City. Go to the Thomas Jefferson House, Missouri. Put the Thomas Jefferson House in Missouri. Dude, Thomas Jefferson, this is so, I mean, God, don't what, spell what Thomas it? wrong. Anymore. How, how you think he was just going to Washington DC by horse for freaking four weeks? No, to dude. Get to he had a retirement house in Missouri. No, there you go. Thomas no. Jefferson Hall. No, that is. <laughs> he lived in these dorms at Missouri S and T. He, he was, a, he was university an, of Missouri Rolla. He was also an engineer. I had no idea if he had anything in Missouri. I just, I, had, I just had to go as far as I could. But I knew that Thomas Jefferson was on it, and he's on my nickel, and he's on Bro. the Mount Rushmore, and he was a founding father, and that's all I – and I was like, don't do, ask me anybody else who's on there. We got to get back on track. Now Now that we understand that there is four people on Mount Rushmore, what is your Mount Rushmore of protein bars? Um, so we have to understand – Protein snacks. Yeah, and I'm with you. And like, I actually would put a lot of thought into this. So we know um, you would. So the protein bars, right? Like I've had everything, like everything over the years. And I would say that if you were a pioneer, you deserve to be on there. And I think for that, as we've talked about previously in this episode, Quest Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough Bar is going to have to be on the Mount Rushmore. It well, I didn't the game. know you were going this direction. Okay. Dude, keep it's going. Mount Rushmore, not keep your going. top three. Keep going. So then you got 
the other one that drew like unbelievable rave reviews when it first came out. It was the, oh yeah, what is there called? The oh yeah, what bar? Just the oh yeah bar? Before the one bar? It was the ones that had like 400 calories, seven layers. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah bar, which is probably honestly um, some kind of like a cover band for the metrics bars. I don't know, man. What was before the oh yeah bar for real though before? We're really just discussing shit at this point. What is the name of that bar that was before oh yeah that was just like Supreme. Supreme bar. Okay. These are all the things I hated to count in inventory. Yeah. You're just naming off. And it they never moved. So it was kind of good. Because so so back in the day, um, protein bars were notorious for just tasting like ass. I mean, my first ever try of a protein bar, I think, was a power bar. And it was just like eating taffy. Like it was just disgusting taffy. So I think the Rushmore of mine would be Quest chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh, a supreme chocolate peanut butter because they were the ones that just said, screw it. We don't care if it's healthy. We'll put 30 grams of protein in this mother and it'll have 500 calories. And it was just like M&Ms and peanuts and chocolate. And then we'll just Pretzel. sneak in 30 grams of protein. Yeah. They were crazy good, but they really did change the game. A lot of other uh, people copied off of that one. You know, from there, I would probably have to give it to the level one bar as far as like a pumpkin spice or like the, the mint or the apple crisp, like every bar they come out with, man, whenever they're fresh, it's just like, I've never had a bar taste that good. When people ask, Hey, what's your favorite one? I'm like, whatever one I'm eating at the time, honestly. So I can't even give you a specific one because someone, I, I, we, we reviewed the uh, pumpkin spice one recently and someone shared it and they were like, this is the best bar ever dot, dot, dot until the peppermint bark one comes out. And I'm like, that's real. That's true. The peppermint bark one also might be the best one of all time. Cause when you eat that one, you're like, how can it get any better? Even their like thin mint one doesn't taste as good as the peppermint bark one. I'd take chocolate chip cookie dough over all those. That's crazy. And then my fourth one, the one that I would say is like another like revolutionary as far as like the protein bars, man, I can't give it to one bar because they just mimicked a quest bar more or less and dipped it in chocolate. But man, I ate a million one bars when they came out. The other thing would be like, I guess in the snack category, the chips could be the one you're right. Cause the taco flavor of the quest chips is like, that's just, that's just Doritos. I feel like we're forgetting something. I agree. No, it doesn't deserve to be on Mount Rushmore dog. They are pretty revolutionary though. Yeah. I think, um, you know, on the goat protein, protein snack bar shake, you know, argument, it's gotta be in the mix. I mean, the, the pastries would just be better if they, if, you know, if I ever, I've never experienced one toasted. Have you toasted one yet? Have you ever toasted one? I've hit it. I've hit it in the, uh, the microwave. microwave. Good. Better. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny in the real pop tart world, I wouldn't ever pick a strawberry ever, but I think the strawberry might be the best one in the legendary foods, protein pastries. I will say this about them. You kind of get uh, wore out of the texture. Yeah, that's what I mean. Quick. That's what I was meaning on the toasting mm-hmm. side of things. Because the that's first time I mean. you taste it, you're like, "This is incredible. This right. is insane." And like the fifth one you eat, you're like, "There's something I don't." And you know what it tastes like to me? Like when you get to the, those bites, it's those loft house like marshmallow cookies that are like always in the front of WalMarts and stuff. They have like yeah. tons of icing on the top, but they're like 
made out of this weird ass texture where they just like fall apart in your yeah, hand. Yeah, I like those. Marshmallowy, fluffy. I'm not I'm not agreeing with you on this. Those are good. <laughs> <laughs> they but taste like, like chemicals and you're like, yeah, this is good. That texture yeah. of that is like the texture of those pastries to me on the edges. Except for those things probably have a stick of butter in them. And yeah. I don't know, dude. They're just straight sugar to me. Like they're just like marshmallow fluff balls of frosting on them. Yeah. It's weird. Loft house cookies. Look them up, Thatch. Um, yeah, man. I think we got our my Mount Rushmore. Let's start this over. My Mount Rushmore is going to be pretty straightforward. Um, I look at Mount Rushmore as like the 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 bars or drinks or snacks that have revolutionized the industry. And I would say that the first one I would put on the list is the Supreme Bar. Um, I'm partial to it because it was probably the first protein bar I ever tasted. I was like, this actually tastes good. And it should be pretty easy since the Supreme Bar was like 500 calories and like four or 500 calories, 30 grams of protein, just massive, tons of chocolate, M&Ms, nuts, all the things, pretzels. Um, Second one I'd put on there, got to be the Quest chocolate chip cookie dough. They were the first ones that you could microwave for three seconds or like 10 seconds, and it was just like game changer. Tasted like warm chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, another like variable that most people don't recognize or that, that matters is the Quest Bar was one of the first protein bars that you could pack and like take on a, on a like on a trip or you could bring to the beach or you could go on a, a hike and it doesn't melt and get all gross. You know, and that's a huge thing. And so that was revolutionary too because it was like the warmer they got, the better they tasted, right? Um, third one on the list, I'm going to say Formula One fruit loop cereal protein powder that revolutionized protein powders to me i remember where i was standing when i tried it it was the best tasting protein i'd ever had and it was the first protein that was like you couldn't think of it as anything else but what you tried like that is fruit loops that is exactly fruit loop milk they really nailed it and that was like everything before then it was always some kind of loose thought of what it could have been right Mm -hmm. like cookies and cream was the only one that was like it's kind of cookies and cream, right? Chocolate's like, eh, it's kind of, but it's like protein chocolate. But this was exactly Fruit Loops, and you were trying to find a protein taste, and you just couldn't find it. So I feel like it definitely deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. And then final call. It's up there. It's going to be tough. It could be, there's so many things that have like been really, really good, but they didn't stick for whatever reason, right? Like the, you know, there was like protein muffins or protein pancakes or chips or chef jay's trial plex cookies man that's a good one that's on your route rushmore for sure bro those are good yeah they still exist somehow but no one's done the protein cookie as good as them since either everybody's tried but no one's as good as theirs yeah i don't i don't remember if they even have a lot of protein in them but they taste like an actual cookie they really did and then lastly on the mount rushmore i know i'm probably going to be getting some flack for this but i have to say the quest chip specifically the taco flavor was I thought revolutionary to the protein snack game. My own cousin owned his own brand of protein chips and we didn't carry them because they didn't taste good enough. Everybody at the warehouse tried them and he, he was in like vitamin shops and he was in other businesses on the East coast, et cetera. They were called proteins, T I N G S. And uh, they had like chili lime flavor, pretty good. But no one was as good as Quest's. And like Quest taco chips, man, you never had a protein chip. Like how can you eat a bag of chips and it be four carbs and 20 protein? I mean, it's asinine. That's crazy. No. It's, it is it's crazy. really crazy. And they taste like chips. And so like I got to give them credit. Anyways, 
So we've get we've been doing the podcast for two years. We've had some incredible guests on some some guests where I've been blown away that they were able to make it happen for us and that we were able to have them on the podcast. We've heard some incredible stories. Who would you say in this next year, year three, is your most sought after guest? Like who would you want to have on the podcast the most? Dream Man. dream guest. They Man, would say dream guest. That's such a tough call. I would say like, you know, if I could actually have like, you know, somebody on the podcast that I could talk to, I would love to talk to like in no particular order, but it would have been, if I could say of all time, if like they're deceased now, can I include that? Or are we going is, back to the Mount Rushmore? It's a dream though, right? Like a dream <laughs> guest. Can they be dead? Sure. Okay. So in no particular order, I would pick like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Santa Claus. You're going to ask Jesus what his workout routine was. And The Rock. (laughs) No, I think uh, authentic guests, if we could have our dream guests on, I would pick, in no particular order, I would like to pick um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Rock, and, uh, you know, honestly, I would love to interview Jamie Eason. Because Jamie oh, yeah. Easton was like the first female fitness influencer. Bodybuilding.com. Girl. She was the queen of bodybuilding.com. And just because that era is so over, like so over to where kids have no idea who I'm talking about, it would be amazing to talk to her. And I would also say, as another sprinkle in, Paige Hathaway, because she was so impressionable during that time. She was the first Instagram female influencer in fitness that blew up. That's true. That's true. You What's know, the name of the supplement company that they shreds with a Z? Shreds and then shreds. Br- I mean, I mean, dude, really it would be cool to talk huge. about like the the downfall of that company because man, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. They the were the first ones of, that were like editing photos, and they got caught with their their influencers like you know not writing their diets for their people. And there was there was a certain like we've been around for so much of it, and you can't tell when the when the industry is changing when you're in it at times. But there was a time when a customer would come in for a product. If me and Kyle did not carry it at a supplement superstore, we could send an email and, and then pick up that brand and then become a vendor of that brand, right? We would be a seller of that brand. Shreds was the first brand that was direct to consumer that was mass marketed where we weren't allowed to carry it. And so when someone came in for Shreds, we just had nothing we could do. We would just simply lose that customer. And it was terrifying. Like we were like, oh my gosh, people aren't going to come in for the brands that we carry. We're going to be competing with these brands we're not allowed to carry. This is crazy, you know? Joey Swole yeah, is one of their guys. Yeah. I mean, dude, Paige Hathaway, Joey Swole, there was Devin Physique. Yeah, he's that was a, the guy he's that really, really got in trouble. He really blew it up, yeah. But there was like, I mean, like imagine guys now, like you hear of brands like like Noble Shoes. There was a time where you could only get Nobles off their website, period. You know, now you can actually go into stores and buy Nobles at times. Certain stores are allowed to carry them. But imagine being like a shoe store and everybody's wanting for these wanting these shoes and you're not allowed to carry them. I mean, it was pretty scary at the time. So yeah, yeah. I'd like to have uh, I'd love to have Paige Hathaway, Jamie East, and The Rock. Um, Gosh, I mean, these and are Arnold, nice, nice. Mine would be. I feel like if we did a combo podcast with the New Heights podcast, Jason and Travis Kelsey, that'd, that'd be, be pretty dope. sweet, super dope, pretty sweet. Love to talk to those guys. I get mistaken as you look like Jason Kelsey often, really nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I think he's, he's a little becoming, taller than you. He's for sure taller. He, anyways, yeah, I think it'd be cool to have the uh, Kelsey brothers on. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, big part of Kansas City, you know, big part mm-hmm. of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that would be a cool podcast. Jason Kelsey, um, humongous humanitarian. He has his own ep- his own uh, 
documentary like series now on Amazon that's just called Kelsey. That's what I heard. You seen that? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched any of it yet, but I think it documents the whole last season, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. It's like we've seen so much of last season already in so many different ways. It's like I don't really need to go back again. Mm -hmm. But here we are. What else you got? Dream Guest. Okay, Dream Guest with a T. Mm -hmm. Got it, my bad. Um, I haven't thought deeper than that. I was just thinking that, you know, because I was listening to their podcast on the way over here. Well, it's been two years, man. It's been a, it's been a good run, man. I think uh, I'm 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 more excited now than I've been in a long time to continue to grow the podcast. So if you more. are if you are a listener, if you're somebody who who checks in on the podcast and likes or shares our stuff, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I really really appreciate the support that you guys give us. Um, understand that we just do this because we we're trying to, like I said do what we can to give back to the local Kansas city fitness community. So all the support that you give us is only helping that cause. Uh, yeah. To echo those sentiments, um, our fitness community in general, whether it be if you're in Kansas city or if you're outside of Kansas city, um, all of it matters, man. All of that support goes a long way for us. Um, the support you guys show us doesn't just support us. It supports our 50 plus employees, it supports our families and their families. And um, that's really what we get. You know, I looked at, our community events list that uh, Tori, our community relations director, she sent me what we're working on for the month of September and October. And we had 42 events that we're going to be at over the course of the next six weeks. And I was just like, are you serious? Just a few. Many? Yeah. Yes. 42 events. And all of that comes from just giving back. And so when we say like, Hey, we appreciate you guys supporting local. We appreciate you supporting your community. These are the kind of things we're talking about because at every one of these events, these are all where people that are going to be practicing some form of fitness together. And you're just not going to see websites that you've heard of. They're just not going to be there. They're not going to be there in person. They're not going to be there with support. They're not going to be there with recovery for people or with pre-workout for people or things for people to try and education. There's just none of that there. And so um, I just want you guys to really get a feel for the heartbeat of what you're supporting when you listen. And um, I want you to know how much we appreciate it because it's everything to us. Uh, Moving forward, we have some really fun things for you guys. Uh, We have more guests, more reviews, and uh, more content that we're going to be pushing out over the course of the next three to six months, including a special 100 anniversary or 100 episode anniversary mystery guest that we will reveal probably the week of. But bottom line is we have some really cool guests coming and uh, we're excited for you guys to uh, to participate with us. And as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, if you listen, of course, we do not do any ads. We do just ask that you please share it with a friend who could use it. Love you guys. Peace out. Love you guys a ton. Thanks for listening.